0: Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. Breaking ball, hammered. Winker to right. Staggered stride. Gone! A three home run game. And
1: Winker puts the Reds back on top in the night. Payoff pitch. Swing and a miss. Ball lost. Barnhart's got it. And the Reds sweep the Cardinals in St.
0: Louis. Their first four-game broom cleaning at Busch Stadium
2: in over 30 years, led by Jesse Waker. Yeah, it's a four-game sweep for the Reds. First time since 1990 in St. Louis. The Danny Mac Show on a Monday. That is BK, and Marty is with us. Marty Jenkins helping us out, and Tanner has the week off. He's on vacation. Cardinals lose it yesterday, 8-7. They fell behind 7-0. And that was as slow and as dreary and as down as I can remember when it was about 7 nothing in the fourth inning. Then the sixth inning hits. The Cardinals tie the game up 7-7. They had all the momentum going into that ninth inning. And obviously, it was the Jesse Winker show. He had three home runs. He drives in six of the eight. And the Reds have a sweep against a team that is beat up right now in the St. Louis Cardinals.
0: I told Alex at one point during this blue season, hey, man, I can't evaluate this blues team right now. There's just too many guys that we weren't expecting to be a part of the roster that are significant contributors. Like at one point, there were guys that... Should have been fourth liners that were playing on the top line with Ryan O'Reilly, and they were playing in the top six consistently. That's how I feel about the Cardinals right now. How the heck am I supposed to evaluate this team and tell you whether or not this version of the Cardinals can win the World Series when half of this version of the cardinals aren't going to be on the team once we get to that point hopefully fingers crossed
2: cardinals in that ninth inning had runners at second and third a ground rule double that benefited the cincinnati reds because i do think goldschmidt may have scored on that play but here's the thing even if pop warner wants to hold him up you say well we got three cracks at it that we can at least tie this game up they didn't do it and to your point, you had guys coming up that maybe would not be regulars. It was uh, Edmundo Sosa at one point. You had Rondone at one point, who's been a career minor leaguer. You've got to find a way to bring that run in. And they didn't. And not doing some of the little things that you expect. Yesterday, not in the lineup. No Yadier Molina. No Paul DeYoung. No Harrison Bader. And the list goes on and on. When you don't have some of these normal players in, it's going to be a struggle. Also struggling was John Gann. And this is the first time that things finally caught up with him in, in two things that I noticed. One, runners getting on and scoring. And two, the home runs. John Gann after his game.
1: I think a little bit of everything. Uh, a little bit of everything was was not quite as sharp as uh, I would have had liked it to be. Um, I would say just... Uh, overall command really
2: command for sure seven runs four innings era now jumps to two six three that was uh that was a rough performance for him he just did not look sharp from the get-go
0: he didn't and that's one of those that was eventually going to happen and we had to understand that going into this the thing that surprised me was not that he allowed more runs than normal the seven runs and four innings that one was coming eventually that that was always going to happen it was the homers because he typically does not get hit hard. He had the, one of the lowest home run rates allowed in the big league so far this season. That was the surprising part. And Dan, the frustrating part of this series as a whole was you let basically Jonathan India beat you in one game. You let Jesse Winker beat you in one game. Nick Castellanos was pretty darn good the first three that games of the is series. trio awfully good. <laughs> I mean, that... They were two for twenty-nine with runner hitting with runners yeah. in scoring position. The Reds were going into yesterday's game and they were three and zero in the series against
2: you. It just it can't happen, but it did happen, unfortunately. So Winker, the six runs batted in, that was a career high. This is the second time in about three weeks that he's had a three home run game. He's figured everything out. I've always liked him, but man, oh man, is he a good player right now. And Castellanos, his hitting streak came to a close, I believe, yesterday at, what, 21 or 22 games, whatever it was. But he's having an all-star type campaign. And if you look at Jonathan India... The numbers, I love him, man. The numbers outside, though, of St. Louis are okay. Against the Cardinals, he's killing the Cardinals. And he had a remarkable series that gets overshadowed by the three-home run day. He's a really fun player. In some ways, he reminds
0: me of kind of a Colton Wong, Tommy Edmond type of guy where he's great defensively, and you look at the stat page, and it's like, okay, he's a 260 hitter with a 790 OPS. All right. Yeah. But when you, you watch him, and we've seen him quite a bit now early in the season, he can really play he can pick it at second he's a consistent hitter at the plate
2: especially against the cardinals as you mentioned dan i I think
0: he's going to be a darn good player for
2: the reds so the cardinals now 31 and 29 third in the division they've lost seven of eight they face the indians who are 31 and 26 tuesday and wednesday it's a two-game series and mike Schilt knows it's going to be tough and is he concerned where is he right now with what's happening with his team
1: well, I mean, look, you think about it. You're down 6 to 1 in the ninth and you got the tie and run up. You're down 4 to 1. You already go ahead run up rather 2 days ago, you know, yesterday tie and run and then today, you know, winning run again uh, on the base, at second base with nobody out. There's no consolation prizes in this game. We understand that. But I can confidently tell you this. My I'm frustrated, but I'm not concerned. Uh, you know, the reason I'm frustrated is cuz we weren't able to get work, you know, get the result that we would like to have then the game. I'm not concerned because when you have a group of guys, to commissions point, you're playing clean baseball. You know, our walks are down. Um, so that narrative is, is improved. Um, and we fought our tails off and competed at every turn. There'd be concern if there was other things that were taking place. Um, lack of effort, lack of fight, lack of competitive spirit. Um, You know not playing clean playing sloppy beating ourselves um but that wasn't necessarily the case the last this whole series and while it's frustrating um i still have there's to feel good about with this club, and I, I feel great about this club. I'm proud of
2: multiple times during the weekend against the Reds. Ninth inning, tying run, or the winning run would come to the plate they every made single it, game. Yeah, made it interesting, but they just could not get that big hit to come through, and that's what the frustrating part is.
0: It it made it so much more frustrating. It's one of those things where, like, the Carlos Martinez blow up against the Dodgers, at least you knew in that one, okay, this is over, there, right. there's no coming back from it, and now it's a question of like if you continued watching, your question was probably. How many pitchers are they going to have to use? And how much of the, is this going to ruin the weekend for the Cardinals? But you knew early on, there's no coming back from this. Over the weekend, it felt like in every game, oh, the Cardinals are going to do this. They're going to be able to come back and win this game. They're going to steal this one from the Reds. And they just couldn't quite get over that hump at any point over the course of the weekend.
2: So there's a few uh, bullet points I wanted to get into. So we know the injury front is, in terms of what the Cardinals are dealing with is... Uh, not great. You know, we hit. We know Hicks is, is out. Bader's out. DeYoung out. Justin Williams, if you're just uh, tuning into the show, maybe you had a long weekend. He's on the I.L. with a stiff neck. Max Moroff, surgery on his left shoulder, seven-month recovery. So mm-hmm. Nagowski and Rondon were called up. KK, that is a big one. So he goes on the injured list. And so you had the, the game that you mentioned with Carlos Martinez. That was on Wednesday night or whatever it was. And then you had a a regular start. And then two days later, you get three innings out of KK. So you've been really trying to to figure out how to cover innings from your bullpen. Mike Schill, what's the next step right now with your lefty? I
1: mean, you know, clearly he's getting treatment now. Wait, um, whether we put something, some kind of, you know, medication or something is involved. I'm not sure, Zach. Um, Clearly, he feels tomorrow. But, you know, it's something that's been occurring took him. You know, quite a while last time, you know, um, doesn't feel like it's as severe this time. So we'll evaluate tomorrow what what's necessary. I mean, the two off days can help clearly. Um, so we'll see how it looks and feels.
2: I think the two off days are needed for everybody around the club. Just get away from baseball today. Regroup tomorrow. Oh, by the way, you get Shane Bieber tomorrow.
0: Have sure, fun the with offense that. will get
2: back on track. <laughs> yeah, have fun with that. Uh, you do have Carlos Martinez. Should be well-rested, though. Carlos coming into the start better tomorrow. Pee. And then you've got Wainwright going on Wednesday, another off day Thursday, and then the Cardinals head to Wrigley for the first time in 2021. I said it on the crossover. No one feels sorry for you. And if you're the Reds who have been historically beat up in St. Louis, when they come through St. Louis – They're loving that. If you're a fan of the Reds this morning, you're waking up feeling pretty good about your team. That was a big four-game sweep on the flip side for them.
0: It was huge. It kept their season alive. I mean, you, you looked at the direction that their season was probably headed coming into the weekend and where it is now. It looked like they were for sure sellers coming into the weekend. And now, you're one game below 500. You are closer to the Cardinals than the Cardinals are to either the Brewers or the Cubs, who are tied right now for first place in the division. Cardinals are closer to fourth than first a crazy thing to say given where we were about two weeks ago but that's where they are after this 17 game stretch so that was a massive massive statement win statement series for the reds this weekend
2: 6-3-6. how about the start contrast between gant and miley work fast throw strikes slow versus being fast hard to watch i i happen to understand that and agree with you um the problem with john gant right now is that he is going to work slower because base runners are always on now, Miley's on the total opposite end of the spectrum. He is a guy that works really fast, love doing his games, wish mm-hmm. he could pitch every day because he throws fast. But I, I always wonder, BK, why aren't pitching coaches, and maybe they do, and they probably do, is, is say, work at this pace. We need to have – Action! We need to move it, Move it along. Your defense is there too. Some of these guys are just taking way too long. I'm not talking about Gant specifically, but others. Yeah, it just no, takes too long.
0: You're 100 percent correct for the entertainment side of things. What I would say, I think say, for the competitive side too. Maybe. Um. So many of these guys are max effort on every pitch, Great and I don't know if that. John Gant's on that on that list or not. But the reason why they're taking so long between pitches at times is like go Catch outside, yeah. yeah, go outside, run, run a hundred meter sprint, and then immediately run the next one and then immediately run the next one or go run a hundred meter sprint, take 20, 30 seconds in between and then run another one. Which one feels better for you? Which one do you feel like you can go longer with? It's the latter, and that's what these pitchers are trying to accomplish by doing it. I don't like it. I prefer watching the former, but the latter is a little better for them.
2: Sam LeCure coming up. He is a, a broadcaster with Valley Sports in Cincinnati, does the Red Games. We'll visit with him, former major leaguer, and also Tim Kirchhen. Uh, and you're listening to 101 ESPN. Um oh. Dan McLaughlin, Danny Mac Show with BK. And we say good morning as we head to Cincinnati. Sam LeCure, the former big league pitcher, and now working on the broadcast for the Cincinnati Reds. And you wake up this morning, Sam. Good morning to you as a Reds fan. You have to be thrilled what we'll just uh, took place here in St. Louis at Busch Stadium. Great to hear your voice. How you doing?
3: Uh, I'm good, Dan. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Actually, I am I am driving right by Lambert International Airport. Uh, I got the week off, so I'm a mid-Missouri boy. So I'm, I'm driving out to see some family uh, right in central Missouri. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'll wave to you. I'm right down the road. Good so for you. Can you feel <laughs>
0: that that uh, that breath of exhaustion it, I, I from Cardinals fans right now?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the town feels kind of heavy right now. I don't know what it could have been. Uh, I'll have some good fodder to take home uh to mid missouri because they all listen to you more than they listen to me i promise (laughs) they're more cardinal fans uh but yeah man what a weekend that was was for the reds i'm sure i can you know haven't been on mostly the other side of it while i've been doing this job uh, i can certainly understand kind of the frustration here in st louis um yeah that was i mean i'm thinking about you know this conversation i'm like you know, from, from your guys' in, you probably felt like everybody was flat, and you probably felt like there was no energy, and, you know, I've had that conversation, and sometimes it's, you tip your hat. I thought the Reds pitching staff did a really good job, man, of kind of neutralizing, you know, the the Cardinal offense, other than really Nolan and uh, and Paul Goldschmidt. I think Tommy Edmond's a really good player, by the way. Um, you know, but it was just one of those series, I felt like the Cardinals kind of came back from L.A. a little bit deflated and more so from the loss of Jack Flaherty than, uh, you know, whatever the score was that last game out there in L.A. I feel like that was a really big hit to them, um, you know, in the rotation. And uh, I, I think it. I think it translated over to the series. It's not palatable. You know, when it's at your home park, it's kind of embarrassing, you know, as a player, but, you know, that's just kind of the nature of it.
2: Sam, when I saw TJ Antone in Game One, I knew he was having a good year, and I said this on the air: I, I think he may be the best reliever the Cardinals have faced this year. He is nasty; that that dude can shut games down. He is really good.
3: Yeah, he's been really good, and I, and I was thinking about him too, just as far as you know, some of the market size and you know, guys in Cincinnati. It's a little harder to get attention again. That's just the nature of it. But him and Jesse Winker, you guys put on a show out there. Nick Castellanos. Uh, has really been having a career year. Both of those guys are just having incredible years. But T.J. Antone's on that list as a guy who you don't know much about him, especially last year you didn't get around. You know, we were all in the Central Division. Those are mostly kind of mid to smaller market. You know, he didn't get out to an L.A. or, you know, in New York and really kind of be in the limelight of some of those bigger cities. Uh, So people didn't get a chance to know him. But he was this guy last year this year he's being given more responsibility uh, to pitch in those leveraged situations. And <laughs> he, he's been incredible, man. He's, he's really fun to watch to see a guy who can almost like locate his breaking ball. Like Wayne can locate his fastball. You know what I mean? He's just all quadrants to the zone. He puts different shapes to it. Uh, and then, once he gets you to two strikes with that, then he's throwing 98 at you. So right. he's pretty exciting to watch, and it's been fun, to, and it's been necessary, man, because if not for him, uh, really this Reds bullpen would be, you know, looking for some consistency out of most of the guys down there. I'm sure you can relate to some degree.
0: Sam, I'm curious. How much did this weekend change the course of the season, in your opinion, for the Reds? I mean, how, big, how significant was it for them to get this four-game sweep?
3: I think it's significant on more levels than just like where well, I guess maybe not, maybe, maybe exactly where they are in the standings because Luis Castillo has struggled mightily all year long, man. I mean, it's been it's it's been sad to see to be honest with you because we've seen you guys have seen what he's been able to do. him having an outing like that, uh Tyler Malley kind of taking another step forward in his you know his breakout season, I feel like for him, Wade Miley's been very steady um and you know you guys didn't even get to see sonny gray so you know just to see some of the things that happened i think it puts the reds in a peculiar situation to be honest with you as far as and i know there's still time until a trade deadline type situation but where they think they are in this division and i'm sure the same for you guys where are where are we stacking up in this division you feel like everybody's going to be pretty clumped together you know the top four teams um for the rest of the season really but you know you have to, you know, each organization has different things that they're looking at as far as to play for now and the future as well. So I'll be interested to see some of the things that they do, um, you know, with some of the players that they have. They're still, you know, Votto's going to be back probably this week. Mustakas has been out for a while, since Zell so there's, you know, there's upgrades kind of on the horizon for them. So I felt like if they could just stay afloat, and now that the pitching staff has kind of stabilized itself, if the bullpen can follow suit, I feel like the Reds have as good a chance as anybody. And I feel like the Cardinals have as good a chance as anybody. And I feel like the Brewers, you know what I mean? It's kind of, who's the class of the division. It's, it's hard to tell around.
2: You know, I, I'm really interested in what happens with Castellanos and correct me if I'm wrong, but he can opt out, out of his contract after this season. And if you're the Reds, you're in a peculiar, a peculiar spot right. with him because you know, do you, do you, you know, let him hit the free agency market, or do you try to get a haul for him? Because he could bring a haul. I mean, right now, he is one of the best hitters in the game.
3: Yes, he is. And I, and that's kind of the, the, the discussions I'm talking about that they're going to have to have. It's like, you know, how many years does this guy have left, and will we still have pitching? You know, Luis Castillo by that point could be gone. Sonny Gray could be gone. Joey Vado's coming off the books as far as the contract goes. So do you build for that third year when there's some uncertainty or do you kind of keep going for it now? And I think that's the question with him probably. Jesse Winker's another guy who's getting closer to that time where you could really get a haul for him uh, as far as another year of control. Uh, so those are – I mean, I'm glad I don't have to make those decisions because they're tough because, I mean, I've seen trades where, you know – Arenado. Well, Colorado's getting some of these guys, and you don't know if they're going to pan out. You know, no one's going to be good. You know, Nick Castellanos. You send him somewhere; it's going to be good. You can get a top flight prospect. That's not. There's no guarantee, man. And I, so I think it's just tough to gauge. You know what your odds are as far as a big return and hitting on that return.
0: We're talking to Sam Lacure right now, joining us here on 101 ESPN. Sam, I always like getting the opposing viewpoint on some of the Cardinals players. And one guy that's been amazing since returning from the injured list uh, about a month ago now is Tyler O'Neill. He's batting 300 in that time. And you saw some of what he can do this weekend with the incredible play and left and some of the power. What was your impression of Tyler O'Neill this weekend?
3: I like him a lot, man. And, I, and I've had an eye on him a little bit because obviously he's kind of this big imposing guy. And he, you know, when he walks around, you notice him because he's just that hulking kind of presence. But uh, yeah, I'm glad you hit on defense first because what he does out there is really special. I mean, he goes and gets the ball. He hits cutoff, men, He does some of those fundamental, but he makes that great play too. Uh, and for a guy his size to, to be athletic enough to go do that's really impressive with the bat. Um, You know, I'm always approaching him with a pitcher's mind. How would I get him out? Where would I go? And right now I'm not seeing a lot of holes because he seems like he's got a real short, compact swing, and he doesn't have to go real big to produce that power because he's so strong. And I think right now you're seeing kind of a maturation with him as far as understanding that fact that he can drive the ball the other way with authority. He can spin on a ball because he's got, because of his build, kind of those short arms, and he can flip on that inside pitch, so uh, there's not a lot of holes with him right now. I, I love I love well-rounded players, man. I love guys who can play defense. I love guys who run the base as well. As you heard me mention Tommy Edmund earlier. I'm a I'm a huge fan of his. Dylan Carlson uh, is a guy that you guys have obviously been high about. That <laughs> I think you should be <laughs> because he seemed like he's got a really good heartbeat at the plate. You know, nothing's getting too crazy for him. Um, so yeah, I, I love the I love the construction of you guys' roster. Honestly, I, just with your bullpen, like the Cincinnati Reds bullpen, I hate seeing all those walks down there, man. I Alex Reyes has been really good, but I just it's hard for me to trust people who don't consistently throw the ball over the plate. And those those guys determine a lot of what happens in these races is those, you know, those late inning guys. So uh both squads are gonna have to buckle those down. But yeah, I, I love a lot, you know, Nolan's one Nolan and Paul Goldsmith. Paul Goldschmidt. I got a chance to be in spring training with him one year. Awesome, awesome guy as you guys have figured out. one has been one of my favorite players. Uh, you guys have a lot of a lot of guys on your team that I I enjoy watching play.
2: Hey Sam, being a former pitcher in the big leagues, what what are your thoughts on what's happening with the substances that are being used? And and hey, would you still be uh, pitching if uh, you had those substances <laughs> readily available?
3: I'd be I I might still be pitching if I could ever throw a ball ninety five miles. Out of me. <laughs> uh, but I, I I was never a, a, a sticky guy. Um, my reaction to that is I'm a little bit shocked, to be honest with you, that this is going. This is the crackdown that they're going with if, if what I'm reading is going to come to fruition as far as 10-game suspensions for guys. Um, I always thought, and I guess I can say this a little bit now, is I thought it was pretty commonplace. I, I thought the majority of guys were doing that. I thought from as an offensive player you were okay with the fact that the pitcher had a bet where the ball was going as far as in relationship to your head. Uh, even if it was a little bit nastier. I thought they were okay with that. I thought it was just kind of this understood thing and managers weren't going out there and calling, you know, Mike Schilt wasn't saying, uh, well, Tyler Mow is using something sticky or, you know, because he knew who his guy was too, you know. So I, I, I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised by it. Um, as a guy, like I said, who never, you know, partook. I don't know that how – what it does, so I, I can't really speak to it. I, I always thought I, I'm surprised. I, I guess yeah. I, I guess I'll just say that without going too far into it.
2: I just don't know Um, and I'm with you. I I just figured guys were doing it and the other team wasn't going to say anything because their guys are doing it and it's kind of like a gentleman's uh, agreement almost. And now that we're hearing that these substances are being developed by chemists and it's gone to a level that we never anticipated and we can quantify it with spin rate and show you that it's, you know, this guy's career was at X and now it's here. It's jumped exponentially. Um, I just don't know how you police it. that That's my thing. Like, are, are we going to have stoppages in every game where the manager's going out or a player says something or the hitter says, oh, I know he's doing and, and we have video, too. I mean, you can see where yeah. guys maybe are doing these kind of things. I, I just don't know where you draw the line where you say that's acceptable and that isn't. I, I just don't know where you go with that.
3: And I, and I think that might be why the crackdown is going to happen because, you know, on a lot of this stuff, and we could get into collective bargaining you know it's sure. kind of give, an, give an inch try to take a mile so every little bit then it, then where's the line stop and i think maybe that's why it is going to be a harsh type penalty you know you see with some of the suspensions with guys getting in close proximity they're trying to make an example out of people because they want it to stop and they don't want the line to continue to creep because i don't know how you police it either do you put somebody down You know. a a police officer down in the in the bullpen to see if, what these guys are doing down there. I mean, they can't go to the bathroom with them, you know, and all these different kinds of things. So I don't really know either. And I think that's probably why they're going to such the harsh penalty right out of the chute when it was like two two weeks ago. Nobody had heard a thing about it. And then all of a sudden, Joe West, who, I mean, look, I love the guy. And congratulations on set. He wants to be in a part of everything, it seems like, you know, it seems like he made a mountain out of a molehill by going out there when nobody asked him to, you know, he's out there waiting for Gallegos before he even gets to the mound. I I don't, I don't understand that. Now on the other end of that, they, they want some offense, apparently. <laughs> apparently there's not enough offense in baseball. And it seems like a lot of the changes or rule changes they're considering have to do with, Making it a more offensive game. So if that's something that they think will help, that's a pretty easy fix. Then without moving the mound back a foot or whatever the case may be, then maybe that's their easy way out.
2: Hey Sam, it's great to catch up and hear your voice. Looking forward to uh, seeing you again in person. Miss, uh, miss seeing you guys at the ballpark. Believe me, and you do a great job on the games with Cincinnati. And I appreciate your time today. Thanks for doing it.
3: Dan, I got to tell you, I I wasn't – I knew I was going to be driving through St. Louis, and I wasn't totally up for it because I was like, am I going to get ambushed since the res just did the (laughs) the – and then they said you were doing it, and I wanted to come on just to say hi to you, and I agree with you, man. It'd be good to – I'm looking forward to getting back to the ballpark and seeing you guys and getting to catch up a little bit, my family, like I said. I'm a mid-Missouri boy, so they listen to you a good bit. I think you do a great job, and and I wish you the best and hope to talk to you again soon. Uh,
2: That means a lot. Thanks so much, Sam. Thanks for doing it.
3: All right, Dan. Take care.
2: You got it. That's uh, Sam LaCure. Last time I saw Sam, it was in 2019. We're all at the team hotel, and – uh, uh, some folks having a very good time, including <laughs> Sam, and uh, he's a great guy. Just wonderful guy. So really appreciate him coming on. He
0: reminds me a lot of the Reds version of BT. Like, yes. just a guy that brings all of the energy to the broadcast. He's great, man.
2: Always great to visit with Tim Kirkjian. This is 101 ESPN. That's BK. I'm Danny Mack. Dan McLaughlin. The Danny Mac Show on a Monday after the Cardinals are swept For the first time since 1990 by the Reds, they've lost five in a row. Tim Kirchin of ESPN, and great to say good morning to him. Hello, Tim. How are you? I'm um, well, Dan. How are you guys doing? We're, we're hanging in there. Uh, I hear you on uh, with Carl Ravage doing some national radio games. I see you on TV all over the place. Um, so you're busy with baseball. This time last year we're shut down, so no complaints. Even when they lose five in a row, it's great to have baseball back, believe me. Um, just your general thoughts right now on what you've seen from the Cardinals. What, what do you think? Where are they right now in this season?
4: Uh, they're a little disappointing. I mean, they've lost five in a row and seven out of eight. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. They're just a couple games over 500. They've been outscored for the season. They're in 231 as a team. I expected more, and I picked them to win the division at the beginning of the season. I'm going to stick with that for the moment. But just a couple reminders: the Cubs are pretty good. They're better than we thought, and they have a great bullpen so far. And the Brewers have three starting pitchers that seemingly nobody can hit. So the two teams in front of the Cardinals right now, I think, are better than we thought they would be. So I'm, I'm going to stay with the Cardinals. They're going to, they need Jack Flaherty back tomorrow. That's not <laughs> happening. Uh, and they need to hit more than they have. But I still like their team. I don't love it, but I like it best in the division. But again, a reminder, there are a couple teams that are better than we thought they'd be. Tim, if you're
0: looking at the injured list right now, it's uh, it's pretty full for the Cardinals. They've got 10 guys on the I.L. right now. And that seems to be the theme across the league. Uh, What have you made of the injury bug that's really plagued the sport so far this year?
4: Well, it's. It's troublesome. I've, I've said it before. We have three leagues now. We have the American League, the AL, the NL, and the IL. It's really <laughs> discouraging how many players are hurt right now. And it's it's a paradox. The more conditioned they are, the, the better shape they're in, the more often they get hurt, it seems. and uh, And maybe when Bob Gibson got pitched all those years, he never got hurt. Or maybe he just played through it or maybe Mike Shannon just never got hurt or played through it. But maybe the agents today are saying don't get hurt and don't try to play through it. There's a lot of money to be made and a lot of money to be lost. I think the bottom line is this. This is a really hard game to play and it's a really easy game in which to get hurt. When you get hit by a baseball thrown at ninety five miles an hour and If you get hurt playing this game, you break a finger, you can't play this game. You can't run. You can't play this game. So that's why I think so many guys are on the I.L., and it's discouraging for
2: all of us. Do you think it's a factor of what we went through last year with uh, just the 60 games? And and you think about it. I mean, you had spring training. Guys were just about ready to go. Then you're shut down for months. Then you had a couple weeks to ramp it up, and then you got a race to the finish in 60 games. Do you think that is a... Major factor in the sport, or is it something else?
4: It's a factor for sure. I mean, these guys are all creatures of habit. They all know how their body works. They're all in a routine starting February 15th, and they stay on the same routine all the way through the end of the World Series, if you get that far. And the routine has been anything but routine last year, and it hasn't been the same this year either because of COVID. And even though things are getting very close to being normal again, it's still not there. So I will acknowledge that, yes, when you get really superb athletes out of their comfort zone and their routine, something could go wrong, somebody could get hurt. So I don't think there's any doubt the whole COVID thing is added to all of this.
0: Tim Kirkton joining us here on 101 ESPN. Hey, Tim, earlier today I was reading on ESPN.com, you guys had a great piece about the Cubs and what what their start to the season means for them as we kind of get closer and closer to the trade deadline. I wanted to ask you more specifically about the Cardinals right now because they would absolutely love to add a starting pitcher. I mean, they really need one, as you mentioned, with Jack Flaherty. What does that trade market look like right now from the teams that you've talked to? Is there any activity taking place already?
4: You know, I still think it's a little bit early. I mean, early June is the time when things start to ramp up. But, again, it's been so difficult to read where we are in the big leagues these days. So many teams have been so erratic. You can't tell this early because it's such a weird season again whether a team is good or, or not, whether it's in or out. I think it's just a little bit too early for that. So to start looking at starting pitchers who might be available, you know, it's really hard to tell. I I can't see anybody out there at the moment for a non-contender that is automatically going to turn the Cardinals from a good team into a really good team. Now, the one guy you always have to keep your eye on, of course, is Max Scherzer, mm-hmm. who's unsigned after this season. Now, the Nationals love him. They want to keep him long-term, but the cost might be prohibitive, as might be his age. So maybe they'll trade him and then re-sign him after the season as the Yankees did with a uh, as with Chapman. Or maybe Max Scherzer's not going to get traded. But if I'm, a, if I'm a contending team, if I'm the Cardinals, and I have what it takes to get Max Scherzer, well, I really have to look into that. But the price is going to be exceptionally high.
2: What do you think about all the the stickiness in the sport with these baseballs or coming off the gloves or pant leg, bill of the cap, whatever, and trying to police this? Where, where do you stand on that right now, Tim?
4: Well, it's going to be really hard to police it. Yeah. But I think the umpires are going to make an effort, a real effort, to do this because some of the umpires, fairly or unfairly, are not going to look good in this if somebody's got a foreign substance and they get away with it. And now that we're cracking down across Major League Baseball, it's going to be up to the umpires to really check this. And it's my understanding that the umpires are not going to just sit back and say there's nothing we can do about this. I think they're going to be aggressive about it. And I think starting maybe a week from today, we really have to keep our eye on how this is going to go because I think we're going to have – Checks on pitchers we 're going to have checks on catchers and infielders, and see if anyone 's carrying anything they shouldn 't be carrying, but so, I repeat how to enforce that, oh my goodness, it could take forever. I just am worried the enforcement process is going to be too cumbersome
2: so that 's exactly where I was going to go so do you, do you think it 's like a situation which we had here in St. Louis where Joe West, who is the crew chief at that time of the game in Chicago, stops the game and takes the hat from. Giovanni Gallego. So, we are going to start seeing a lot of that across the board, do you think, in baseball?
4: Yeah, I think so, because even though Joe West, as far as I know, acted alone on that, no surprise for Joe West. He saw something that he thought was against the rules, and he's the number one rules guy in the world. He said, I'm doing something about this. But if all the umpires are in on this, let's say a week from tomorrow, a week from today, then, yes, I think we'll see a lot more of what happened with Gallegos that day. I think the difference will be if there is something on there that is illegal, he, he's not just going to get his hat switched, he's going to get suspended. And it'll be real interesting to see how that works if we start suspending a player, a pitcher for 10 days if he's got something in his hat.
0: I guess my follow-up to that too, Tim, would be how are these umpires going to discern between what is what? I mean, there are some things that it seems like even hitters are like, yeah, please allow them to use the rosin and the sunscreen. It's the other stuff that we have a problem with. How how do they determine what's what here?
4: (laughs) Well, that's one of the many questions that needs to be answered. And again, I think the umpires have their hands full at the moment without even checking for this. Now they're going to have to check and I think we're going to have some really tricky situations here where what is this in your cap? What is this on your belt? What is that on the catcher's shin guard? And until someone can show me the complete difference between all of this, oh yeah, this is legal, this is illegal, I think, again, it's going to be very hard to police this, and i I wasn't, I didn't come around on this until about a week ago. I think this is going to be a big story, and I think it's going to be out there more than you think.
2: I'm really curious, too, with the the contentious nature of the CBA with the owners and the players. Now you're going to bring this into the game, and you're going to say, well, Player X gets suspended for 10 days, and he's going to miss 10, 10 days of making money. I wonder if that's a factor at all with this, Tim, because it is so contentious right now with the CBA pending.
4: Yes, it's going to be very tricky because, the, you know, the Players Association has to be in on all this. They're not going to allow their players to be checked every single game or randomly, however you want to do it, without some sort of an agreement in place. But 10 games is a lot if that's indeed the punishment. So there are so many moving parts to this story. But I, I repeat, I think Major League Baseball is going to crack down on this because – I've been told all over the place this summer, this spring so far, is that the ball is moving in a direction we've never seen before from our hitters. And when a major league hitter says, and I've talked to major league hitters who have told me, I've never seen a ball move like that. I've never seen a pitch like that. And when they start talking that way, they're either trying to justify why the league batting average is 233, or this is indeed happening and some pitchers are getting help that they should not be getting.
0: Tim Kirchgen of ESPN is our guest for another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. Hey, Tim, I know you, sometimes we talk about baseball nowadays and it, it, it all kind of skews negative of how you can improve men and what's gone wrong. What are some things that have kind of captured your imagination this year? Is there anything in particular that's really standing out to you on the positive side?
4: Well, there are always a million positives about the game. It's the greatest game ever, and I don't care if there are too many strikeouts or way too, you know, too many base running mistakes. It's still the best game there is. And just just look at the young players that we have. That stands out every day. The other day the three leading home run hitters were all like 22 years old and younger. The top five leading home run hitters in the major leagues as of a few days ago were all 25 years old or younger. This is a young man's game with young players. I've never seen this many great, young, athletic, big, strong, fast players in my life. And I've covered 41 years. I've never seen since Trout and Harper came in, this kind of influx of this many guys who are this spectacularly talented, who just overpower the game with their physical gifts. That's something that dazzles me every day that I watch Fernando Tatis Jr. How can he be that big, run like that, hit a ball that far, and be that graceful in the field? That's what does it for me.
2: I am curious. Uh, I was listening to you and Carl Ravage do the uh, marathon. I guess it was in uh, Houston Last weekend, and uh, I'm curious if you guys are going to start getting back out on the road. What what are you hearing about that and being able to get to these ballparks and and talk to these players a little bit more in person?
4: Well, I sure hope so, Dan. I've done 25 games already on television, and they've all been from my house or from the studio. And I get it, but I'm tired of it. (laughs) There is no substitute for being at the ballpark. And I'm sorry, we do a great job from home and from the studio. But we will do a better job. Everyone will do a better job when you're at the ballpark. There's no substitute for being there. So I'm not sure when we're going back out there, but I hope it's tomorrow because I really miss my second home in this world is a ballpark, and I don't get to go right now to broadcast games, and it just really, really troubles me.
0: My final question for you, Tim, we've really kind of come around on Tyler O'Neill this season. He's been such a breakout star for the Cardinals, especially since coming back from the injured list. He's got 13 home runs now on the season. I don't know how much you've been able to watch of him firsthand, but what's been your impression of a guy that does kind of fit into the description that you were mentioning earlier of speed and power and great defensively as well?
4: Yeah, he, he's he been growing on me for a couple of years now. Won a, won a gold glove last year. Injured this year, still has 13 homers. And when you're built like that guy, and I'm not sure I've ever seen a major leaguer with more of, and we all know his history, of a bodybuilder than that guy. It's just amazing how he can remain flexible, and be a baseball player when he's built like that. Too many guys have gotten too big and bulky. He's found a way to be big and bulky and yet still be a fluid baseball player. He impresses me more every time I see him, and that's kind of the idea. He's figuring out how to use that amazing body of his to be a good defensive outfielder and hit a bunch of home runs.
2: Hey, Tim, it's always a treat to hear your voice. Look forward to seeing you in person, and uh, thanks for hopping on. You always uh, are kind enough to do that. We really appreciate it.
4: Okay, boys. I'll talk to you soon. See you.
2: You got it. That is uh, Tim Kirchin of ESPN. I think the thing, too, with Tyler O'Neill is just what's floored me in watching him, and he is now developing into the kind of player that they thought. And and this is in a small sample size. This has been from day one of spring training to what we're seeing right now. Are there going to be ruts? Probably everybody gets in a slump, but man, oh man, is he entertaining to watch? Like I, I find myself now gravitating and looking forward to his at bats and getting the lineup to him because you don't know what's going to happen. Over half of his hits this year have gone for extra bases. It's amazing. And he had a bomb yesterday that it wound up being on the the halfway up the the berm and in center he makes a great catch up against the sidewall. thought he was going to get hurt made that play you go back to the dodger series he wins the game for you in left field and steals a base for the go-ahead run that's the kind of package that they were hoping that they would get any showing it
0: can i tell you I, this is going to sound ridiculous when i say it and i apologize on the front end his playing style i want to be very clear that's what i'm talking about it reminds me of bryce harper Because I remember when Bryce Harper first broke into the big leagues, there was talk of this guy's going to get himself hurt. Yeah. Reckless abandoned the way that he plays in the outfield. This is, it's unbelievably fun to watch. It's entertaining as hell, but who, how long is his body going to hold up? If he continues playing like this, that's what we're seeing from Tyler O'Neill right now. I mean, he is, he's spectacular out in the outfield, And then the power that he has at the plate, the fact that he's finally putting it together this way, Dan is what's most impressive to me. I mean, you're right. It's not a small sample size here. He has more home runs in 2021 20, in 40 games than he had over the last two years combined in 110 games. That is that is not anything that is insignificant. He's putting this together and there will be ruts. He will go on a slide of there's 10 games and he does nothing for you offensively ninth inning yesterday. You live Popped with it. out.
2: You, you know, live it with happens.
0: It and when he's giving you this kind of power consistently, this is the type of player that the Cardinals have been missing for so long. Having this in the bottom half of the order is a real game-changer for him.
2: Fun show with Sam LeCure and uh, Tim Kirkchin. You have got three hours coming up with Alex. Has he uh, recovered from your softball challenge <laughs> and your home run challenge? I don't know if he has, but
0: I certainly have not. I have never been... I have so much respect for baseball players after what we did this weekend. You're sore, aren't you? Oh my God, my obliques that I didn't know I had. Actually, I'm pretty sure I don't have but they're like, they're yelling at me right now. My right shoulder feels like I just for the last seven days have been throwing a baseball consistently. It's, it was exhausting. You don't know how long three minutes is until you just swing consistently for three minutes at pitches. So we'll talk about that coming up today. We've got Katie Wu, our Cardinals insider at noon. And we will start, of course, with a a rough season or a rough series over the weekend for the Cardinals.
1: Peloton, let's go.